Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm programming coordinator Brandon Clark. If you're kind of wondering why I'm the one on the air this morning, unfortunately Heather is feeling a little under the weather uh, and so I'm hopping in for her so that uh, she can rest and, and hopefully feel better soon. We will still have Father Mark Lichter on during our Straight Talk segment, so get your questions ready for that from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Other than that, I will be your host this morning for Real Presence Live. And let's just take a moment to, to quiet our hearts and, uh, and begin in a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And dear Lord, we place ourselves before you today. We just ask that you hold us in your tender care that you just draw us closer to your most sacred heart. And Mother Mary, wrap us in your mantle of heavenly protection. Lead us to your Son, that we might know his way, that we might have great grace to go about this day serving you and serving the Lord. And we just place all these prayers at your feet, Blessed Mother, as we pray. Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And before we go too much further as well, we're going to welcome Gregory, our production assistant this morning in. Gregory, what's coming up on the show today? So coming up this morning, it's an important day of prayer and advocacy at Minnesota State Capitol. Tune in to hear how you can begin to transform state politics, along with thousands of others at this year's Catholics at the Capitol event. And in another event that brings lions, eagles, deacons, titans, and saints under the same roof, battling for the same thing. A victory in the 10th annual Know Your Faiths competition. Father Doug Krebs and Mason Hedberg from the Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot, North Dakota are ready and will share how they plan to come out of Bible Boot Camp on top. And we'll also be taking a 10-minute tour to look at all the events happening around the area. This, plus much more this morning. Excellent. Thanks so much. And uh, we do have a uh, surprise interview with you a little <laughs> later, right? You, you just came back from the March for Life? Yep. Yep, a surprise interview for everyone, including me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to unpack that a little bit, find out what your experience was like, uh, because we, we did talk to you leading up to it when you had just gotten there uh, and had gone to the Holocaust Museum. But now that you've gone through the march and, and traveled back, we'll, we'll just get an update with you a little later. Looking forward to it. Sounds All right, sounds great. Well, this morning, as we kick things off, we're, we're very excited to welcome our guest, Jason Atkins. He's the Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. There's an important day of prayer and advocacy at Minnesota State Capitol coming up that Real Presence Radio is excited to be a part of. It's called Catholics at the Capitol. Jason, good morning. Are you with us? Good morning. Great to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thanks. I'm good. not sick like half the people in my office and uh, our host for today and everyone else. So 
I've got an attitude of gratitude this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Find the blessings in the little things, right? That's right. Excellent. So as executive director, Jason, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? What does it mean to be the executive director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference? Sure, and I, I, I think I'd start by noting that the Minnesota Catholic Conference is not an event. Uh, oftentimes, you know, when you talk about the Minnesota Catholic Conference, people will say, well, I've never been to that event, so I've never <laughs> heard of that event. The conference is actually the Conference of Bishops, and so uh, we coordinate the public policy activities of the Catholic Church in Minnesota uh, through the guidance of our bishops. We work with them to develop a legislative agenda and bring that legislative agenda to, to the Capitol, and then uh, we also work with our uh, Minnesota congressional delegation as well. It's a great blessing and a big responsibility, but um, we serve the bishops in the role they have as both teachers and uh, shepherds of the diocese, and their pastoral care and solicitude extends not just to the Catholic population, but to the whole community. And so they speak out on issues that concern life and dignity because of their concern for the well-being of the community, but also to teach the Catholic faithful about how to apply Catholic social teaching in the public arena. And that's really um, the focus of our work, is identifying those issues which affect life and human dignity and being the voice uh, for the Catholic community in the public square. Jason, we've been working with you for a few years now. Just uh, we, we were at the first Catholics at the Capitol. We're, we're going to be at this this upcoming one. And and I have to tell you, in my experience in working with you, you just, there's just a joy and an energy about you when when it comes to your position. Can can you just speak to that a little bit? Just just the excitement and and the energy you have for for politics uh, at a Catholic level. Well, you don't have any other choice but to bring the joy to it, <laughs> even <laughs> when some days it's difficult. Um, we're fundamentally we're missionaries. At the end of the day, Pope Francis says that we need to understand all the church's structures and institutions, and through a missionary and evangelical key, and that includes our political and social outreach. Pope John Paul said that Catholic social teaching is a great mode of evangelization, and that's certainly our experience. So we try to bring the joy of the gospel, um, a positive, hopeful message about building uh, strong communities, protecting the dignity of life from conception and natural death, and the beauty of life and the beauty of God's creation, even when it comes to our stewardship of the earth. And so you can't not be excited about uh, those things and, and bringing that message into a place that needs both models of civility, models of friendship, and at the same time, the truth of Christ. And uh, that's energizing, and uh, it's a great, like I said, responsibility, a heavy burden, but at the same time, one that gives, I know, our team here and our bishops great joy to be able to bring that voice of Christ into that place that needs evangelization, that needs the light of Christ so badly. And so, uh, and obviously, if we bring with sour, if we are sourpuss, as like uh, Pope Francis uh, sometimes decries some Christians as, that we're not going to be very successful. You get more with honey than you do with vinegar. So, it's a, whatever you're feeling that morning, bringing the joy of Christ is an imperative in all we do. Yeah, having joy through the struggles, uh, whatever we're facing in life, is always an important thing to have that Christian joy. I want to talk a little bit about Minnesota, just to kind of set the stage. Now, Minnesota usually votes uh, Democratic. However, if you if you look at it, it's kind of a unique state because most of it is red, and only a small portion, usually around the city's area, is blue. So, how does that affect uh, your job at the Catholic Conference, knowing that there's there's a divide between the cities and and really the the surrounding area? Well, I, Brandon, I think you've hit it on the head. We're almost like two states here in Minnesota, a deep red state in the rural and exurban areas, and then a strongly trending blue state in the urban and suburban areas. 
And so it really is almost like two states. You know, our congressional de- delegation is typically divided four and four. Our Republicans control the legislature um, up until this year. They still control the Senate. But then Democrats tend to win statewide offices. So really difficult in that context. But when your principles change, don't change, you can uh, navigate any political environment. And you can seek to build bridges no matter who's in office. You can find some mode of common ground. Uh, we don't just work on, you know, some, some lob. let me put it this way, some lobbying organizations, they're so tied to one party or one set of politicians that when another party or a different set of politicians comes in, they've really got no voice um, or no access at the Capitol. But that's not the case for us. We can work with legislators in both parties, no matter what the political context is. And that's just bringing a consistent ethic of life that protects life from womb to tomb, but at the same time promotes human flourishing in between. And there's always an audience for that message. Sometimes there's a stronger accent on some issues more than others. But really, um, the consistent ethic of life that guides Catholic social teaching is really something that's attractive uh, to people across the political spectrum. Right. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the lobbyists being tied to one party. I will note, at the March for Life, they had they had a political candidate, or I'm sorry, representatives and senators from both parties speaking at the at the rally before the march. So it, it really, our Catholic stance is not based on party, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at with Catholics at the Capitol. And you mentioned building bridges, you mentioned finding common ground. Is that what Catholics at the Capitol is about? Catholics at the Capitol is really a tangible opportunity for people to experience um, the importance of advocacy, the importance of bringing our Catholic voices into the public arena and sharing with our legislators those issues and concerns that we think uh, uphold human dignity and the common good. For so many people, there's a lot of intimidation and fear about the process. They don't think they know the issues. They're intimidated by elected officials. But this is an opportunity for people to see that elected officials are just like you and me. They're normal folks. They had a passion about an issue or two. They decided to put their name out there, and they got elected. And it's a great moment for people to see that our elected officials are are just average Joes and Janes who made that sacrifice, who stepped out. They're mostly people of goodwill, and that the process is very accessible. If we want good laws, if we want our social uh, structures to uphold human dignity and the common good, then we have to be a part of that conversation. If we don't show up and are part of that conversation, then someone else will be. Um, I talk to Catholics all the time who are just intimidated by the process, but if we're not present, then someone else will be. And politics at the local level is made by those who show up. So we really have to show up and make Catholic voices count in the public arena. So besides a day of engaging and informative and inspiring speakers, we're going to bring everyone over to the state capitol uh, to have those conversations with legislators, to meet their legislators, to befriend those legislators, because those legislators need us. They need us as friends and resources, and we need to be praying for them that they make wise decisions. And Catholics of the Capitol is going to be an introduction to that process for many people, just as it was in 2017. I want to unpack the details of the event in, in a little bit here, but I, I, you brought up the intimidation and the fear of, of elected officials uh, but when we get to meet them, we find out that they're just average Joes like us. What do you think brings on that intimidation and, and that fear of of politics and, and of our elected officials who are the ones who are helping form our laws? Well, the media certainly doesn't help in the sense that they, they portray politics as this sort of political blood sport when you're there are big factions, um, you know, who... Uh, 
control the processes and you're trying to step over each other to get power, right? It looks like a power struggle on some level. Uh, depending on what channels you watch, it almost becomes a form of entertainment. But it looks inaccessible. It looks like a game of insiders and talking heads and all these other folks. But And in Washington, Washington is dysfunctional on many levels, and that's not totally untrue of what happens there. But the local level, it's a different ball of wax. I mean, really, these are folks who are in elected office. They're just like us in many ways, but they took the initiative and stepped out and are, should be congratulated for that. But we shouldn't be afraid of the process. We shouldn't let the media portrayal of politics as a dirty business uh, in Washington um, make us... Uh, make us smirk with uh, distaste about the process, because if we don't participate, then we can't be surprised when uh, laws aren't made that are consistent with human dignity. We can't be surprised that the process becomes ugly if people of virtue don't, in fact, get engaged and get involved. Right. You mentioned the word accessible. I think that really hits the nail on the head there as as far as looking through the, the different uh, political arenas and the, you know, the different laws and stuff like that. Sometimes they can be a little confusing. And bills, looking at bills, they, they can be so large and, and so many pages that it, it becomes confusing. And so the accessibility for me, for you, for, for anybody listening is, is very much a key. I'm talking here with Jason Atkins. He is the executive director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And we're talking about a day of prayer and advocacy called Catholics at the Capitol. Now, Jason, what is going to happen on the day of the event? This, this event is coming up on Tuesday, February 19th. If somebody signs up with their parish or with their diocese or just wants to go uh, as, as a as a person wanting to learn more, what's going? what are they going to experience at the event? Well, we start the day at River Center in downtown St. Paul with uh, really an engaging lineup of speakers and presenters. We're going to have Archbishop Charles Chaput from Philadelphia giving a keynote about the role of faith in public life. Uh, really, our VIP speaker, not that the others aren't, but uh, we have actor Jim Caviezel coming, who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, giving us an inspirational message about discipleship and what it takes today. Uh, we're going to hear from elected officials. We're going to hear from Catholics who have taken the initiative to bring uh, the Catholic voice into the public square in one form or another. They, uh, they're trying to be faithful citizens, and I think they're going to inspire others to take on that responsibility of faithful citizenship. And then after a delicious lunch, we'll bus everybody over to the state capitol for three meetings with legislators to get that experience of having that conversation. And there will be a district leader, so even if you're not inclined to speak or don't feel you know what the issues are, um, there'll be someone representing the group who will speak on behalf of the group. So just giving people an opportunity to see the inside of the process. Legislators know that if one person uh, has a concern about an issue, that means 10 people have that same concern and, and aren't writing or calling. The phones aren't ringing off the hook uh, at the Capitol with people expressing their concerns. So having a group of 20 or 30 Catholics show up from a particular district means a lot and really shows the importance of some of the issues that we'll be discussing at that day. So really an exciting opportunity to learn the process, to befriend our legislators, pray a rosary in the rotunda of the Capitol, and then we'll send everyone off uh, with an inspirational message at the end of the day, too. So it's going to be a great day. Uh, 2017, people loved it, and uh, we're excited about uh, what, what's going to happen in 2019. How do you go about getting these meetings with the legislators lined up? I, I mean, because at some points it could seem like it would be hit and miss as, as to whether you could do it. Are you actually contacting them and letting them know that we're going to be there? 
That's exactly right. It's easy to set up. If you're a constituent, and that's who they really want to hear from, people who they're representing, it's easy to set up a meeting with a legislator. You could do it at the Capitol. You could do it in your district. Legislators often meet with constituents on Saturday mornings for coffee. But as I said, we've got at Catholics of the Capitol a district leader who will be leading the group and facilitating the conversation with those in attendance. It doesn't mean others can't speak, but the district leader sets up the meeting such that when you arrive as an attendee, your meeting times and locations will already be given to you. So you don't have to do any of that legwork. We do all of that for you. That's that's great, and and just a note, as we mentioned at the at, at the beginning, Real Presence Radio will be broadcasting live from this. We're we're excited to be a, a major sponsor of Catholics at the Capitol, as we were in 2017. So we'll have a, a few different broadcasts. One will be in the morning from eight to nine, kind of kicking things off, talking a little bit about Catholics at the Capitol, and then we'll have Real Presence live there from nine to eleven, and then the excuse me, in the afternoon from 1 to 3 Central. We're very excited where we're going to have all of our bishops on the air talking about just the importance of prayer and advocacy and, and this whole event. Gloria Purvis, who also is coming for the event, is is going to be a part of it as well and, and helping us host. So very excited for Tuesday, February 19th. Just about uh, 30 seconds left. Jason, anything else you'd like to add? Well, you got to register so we can put you in the right district and at the right table. Um February 19th that you for the February 19th event. February 3rd is our registration deadline, so coming up and people can find out more information and then resources to spread the word at catholicsatthecapital.org. Again, that's catholicsatthecapital.org. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jason. Again, Tuesday, February 19th, Catholics at the Capitol. But hurry, you, you do need to register by February 3rd, so uh, please go ahead and sign up, catholicsatthecapital.org. Jason, thanks again. It's time for our first break of the morning, but stay with us because we have an exciting interview with production assistant Gregory Splonskowski. He's going to give us a recap of the March for Life and, and his experience being there at the march with almost 650,000 people. Plus, Straight Talk, call in with your questions at 9.30 for Father Mark Lichter. He's in Aberdeen, and we'll be joining him in a little bit. All this and much more coming up on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm just struck by the fact that our radio coverage from Real Presence has reached all the way across North Dakota, into parts of Minnesota, into parts of South Dakota, most of that is rural territory and I think that our rural communities are so very important to our church, to our diocesan families, whether it's Fargo or Sioux Falls or Bismarck or wherever we are. Our rural parishes, our rural faithful, you know, they've been there all along and they're they're so active, they're so devoted to their parishes, they're so devoted to the faith. And it's encouraging to me that Real Presence has reached out to those areas as well, because now some of those communities that for a long time didn't have access to Catholic Radio, now they do. And now they have the opportunity to be part of the mission of Catholic Radio, but also to pray and, and to hear the news and to be inspired by the stories of the faith. And it's, it's wonderful to see. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 
or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Unipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on Real Presence Radio. I'm your host this morning, Programming Coordinator Brandon Clark. We just finished up a great conversation with Jason Adkins about the upcoming Catholics at the Capitol event brought to you by the Minnesota Catholic Conference. That's on Tuesday, February 19th. And... Uh, the deadline, though, to register is February 3rd. You can get your tickets. You can sign up at catholicsatthecapital.org. One thing that he didn't, Jason didn't mention but wanted me to mention when we returned was that there is free transportation from all of our dioceses in Minnesota to Catholics at the Capitol. So free busing from each diocese to Catholics at the Capitol if you want to uh, take part in that. Again, Real Presence Radio will be broadcasting live on that day, Tuesday, February 19th. You can listen across all of the Minnesota stations online and on our app. And some portions will even be carried via Facebook Live, so please watch for that. Our coverage will begin with a special one-hour broadcast from 8 to 9 a.m. Central that will lead into Real Presence Live from 9 to 11 a.m. I do know an exciting time uh, will be had there as Father Brian Cuiava, who's at St. Philip's Church in Bemidji, will be one of our co-hosts. And for Straight Talk that morning, we will have Father Chuck Huck, who's the pastor at St. Philip's. So you can ask him questions then. That's Tuesday, February 19th. And then later in the afternoon from 1 to 3, we'll be visiting with our bishops at the Capitol. So we'll be in the rotunda at the Capitol where they're going to be visiting with the legislators and praying the rosary. We'll be there live from 1 to 3 p.m., and uh, it should be a great time. So uh, that will wrap up that first portion, and now we're going to move on to a little bit of a recap portion in this uh, in this next few minutes. And, and what I want to talk about is the March for Life. Now, I've seen numbers that, that said about 650,000 people were there. And if you watch the video, it goes on forever. I mean, the, the line of people, and it's like packed full, goes on for a long time. And so it's great to see all the people, uh, a lot of young people out there marching for life at the Capitol, the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., 
One person who was there who we talked to before the march was our production assistant, Gregory Splonskowski, and now he's back behind the board, so I figured, hey, why don't I just ask him how the march was, and I kind of cornered him this morning, so I apologize for <laughs> not being uh, 100% prepared, but I know you'll do great. Uh, let's just start with, with the march. You know, what, what was the idea for you, Gregory, to, to attend the march in the first place? Why is this something that you wanted to do? Um, well, first of all, so my sister went a while ago, I think I probably mentioned that in the very first interview, um, and she just absolutely loved it, um, so I decided to go, uh, was able to go this year, as well as I've always wanted to go to Washington, D.C., um, you know, it's kind of something you read about in all your history books, um, and stuff like that, so, uh, yeah, that was one of the big reasons, and then probably the biggest reason now, especially now that I'm back and having experienced it, um, was the march itself. It was just like a really powerful experience that I've never had before, mm -hmm. being with that many people who really believe strongly the same things that you do. It's pretty right. powerful. Now, I asked you this question before when, when we interviewed you before the march on the phone, and, and I want to ask it again now that you've gone through the march. So you guys went to the Holocaust Museum, correct? Yeah. Can you, can you just recap that experience for me? Uh, yeah, so that the Holocaust Museum was really helped just kind of drive home the importance of life and protecting it in every stage and every time. Um, so, yeah, I think so. Okay, so so the question I asked you was your experience of the Holocaust Museum. How would that affect your March for Life? Like actually marching down Constitution Avenue the day of the march after having experienced the Holocaust Museum. You thought it would have a significant impact, but you weren't quite sure because you hadn't marched yet. So now that you have gone through the march, what's the reality of that? What what's the impact of the Holocaust Museum and what happened with that terrible genocide and now marching for life with 650,000 others and knowing that there is a genocide of sorts going on with the killing of unborn life? Um, uh, kind of threw me a curveball. Um, <laughs> but I guess it just really even drives home more. Um, the fact that there's this, that there is this Holocaust Museum and I can't remember the exact number of how many um, people were killed in the German concentration camps, um, but I'm pretty sure that it was a lot less even than than a, than how many babies have been killed um, by abortion, and just the fact that there's been this even this horrible thing going on that's even worse worse than the Holocaust in some ways for the last 40 years and um, that it still hasn't changed and that people haven't like woken up to the fact or many some people haven't woken up to the fact that like this is really horrible um, and yeah just it's kind of it was kind of a little hard for me at the very beginning of the march I was actually I kind of felt like angry almost because because of that fact that there was, that there didn't seem like enough, like how can people just keep living with this um, in our country? But towards the end, I just kind of um, really felt more at peace after we, you know, we sang um, 
sang some religious songs and we prayed the rosary and while we marched and just like i said being with all those people and then this kind of like a peace was kind of cool yeah you know uh one of the things that I think about is we have this head knowledge, right, of the atrocities of, of the Holocaust, the atrocities of abortion. But until you actually experience something like this, does it really sink in for you? Yeah, definitely. That would. That was kind of how I going into the march, um, kind of, or like the going the very beginning of the trip. It was definitely a more of a head knowledge that oh yeah, that's a bad thing. Um, but by the end, I really felt like. It's much more kind of personal now. What's it like marching with that many people who are all on the pro-life mission? First of all, it's crowded. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, like I said before, it's just really powerful to see that many people um, and be able to just really relate with that many people. Um, and it's there's like a couple pockets here and there that are maybe angry um but really almost everyone else like probably 95 percent of everyone else is just really joyful and like i said just singing and praying and all sorts of just really joyful things yeah so yeah and and now after having gone through that you know how does that change your your outlook how does that change your efforts in being pro-life as a you're you're 17 years old gonna be 18 soon how does that how does that change things for you coming back here now in fargo north dakota Mm -hmm. oh that was one of the questions um the night that we were flying out at the airport we kind of all gathered in a circle and our uh, chaplain father hammond asked that same question of all of us and um i really think for myself just getting more involved in like getting more involved personally in some of the pro-life, um, great pro-life activities that go around, um, go on around us. Like, I mean, I participate in the Walk with Life for Christ or Walk for Christ. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, in Fargo, but it's not necessarily or wasn't always as, like I said, personal. Um, and I so I feel like it will help, kind of helps me to d- kind of dig in deeper and really do those things myself. Well, thanks for taking some time to uh, just recap your trip. It's something that I haven't personally experienced, so I only hear stories of those who have been there, but it sounds like it's a life-changing thing. I'll let you go, Gregory, because we got to get ready for our next segment here in, I, I don't know, probably 20 seconds, but, uh, but thanks again for being on with us. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are <clears throat> excuse me, just getting set for our upcoming segment, it's called Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to call in with questions and comments on things happening in the world around us, news topics, anything that you'd really like to talk about. And it's called Straight Talk, as I mentioned. And that number to call in is 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. And as soon as we hear that sound effect, which I think should be coming in a moment, we will be... Ready to go. So, welcome to Straight Talk. That number again, 877-795-0122. You can also submit your question via Facebook at our Facebook page, Real Presence Radio. Again, it's your opportunity to call in with your questions. It's your time. 
This is your segment. And we have a special guest joining us to help take those calls this morning. And I believe we have Father Mark Lichter with us, correct, Father? Yes, I'm, I'm here, and it's good to be with you today. Hey, Father, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. Now, uh, Father and I first met last, was it August? August we met, yes. August. Uh, we played in a golf tournament for Aberdeen Roncalli, and uh, that was a good time. That was a lot of fun, and you carried the team. Then. <laughs> I don't it know. It was awesome. I don't know about that, but uh, I, 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 I did have one really good shot, and and here's here's a great story. So I had one really good shot, and it was on a par three, and I put it maybe like two feet from the pin, and uh, I, I I took a picture, uh, and I was really excited because I thought it was a closest to the pin, so I could you know win a prize, and uh, <clears throat> it turned out that. It was actually the longest putt. <laughs> and so... That's funny. So I got this prize, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And so I, I tracked on the guy who was, like, second and, and was able to tell him, like, what happened and, and everything got fixed. But it was, like, the greatest moment of my, my golfing career, and then I realized that it really was. It was, like, a humbling moment. So And we won't tell him that we came in last place at the <laughs> bottom. I very think, bottom of the chart. I think you just told them, Father. <laughs> I know. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number. You can call in with your questions for Father Mark Lichter. He is the pastor at Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and we're also on Facebook, so you can submit your question there. Father, as we begin. Uh, do you have anything on your heart that, that you'd just like to, to speak to this morning? Anything that uh, you know, the Lord's just placed there that you're like, this might be something good to mention? Yeah, I, I think uh, foremost in my heart has been the whole thing with the uh, uh, the abortion and uh, Roe v. Wade, um, you know, abortion in the land uh, legalized for 46 years. It's just hard to fathom. And I listened to that young man, uh, Gregor, that was just on and just how hard that is for people. We, I think we kind of lose uh, heart a little bit, but at the same time, uh, the victory's already been won. Christ Jesus is the one that is the victor, and um, so we keep turning to the Lord during this time that we uh, pray for an end to abortion in our, in our land. Yeah, it's certainly something that, uh, you, you know, just when you when you hear the numbers of, of how many abortions a year and how many abortions since Roe v. Wade was legalized? Uh, it's just, it's just incredible, and it's a, it's a sobering thing to think that, you know, we we spend so much time on on you know looking for life on other planets or you know space exploration or or you know advancing in technology, and yet we can't figure out that it's a good thing to protect life. Yeah, and that that's the. Uh of course, this weekend I preached on that myself on on life, and uh, we had a day of prayer with the rest of the dioceses throughout the United States to pray a day of prayer on the 22nd of January, which is the anniversary date of Roe Way. And, um, you know, so it's kind of on my heart, kind of heavy on my heart at the same time, um, the hope that we have within us that, that the Lord is the one that's in charge, and we just keep moving with, with uh, the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit and asking God to help us. Right. 877-795-0122 is the call-in number. 877-795-0122. 
This is Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to call in with questions or comments on anything you'd like to talk about. Maybe you want to talk about golf and and Father Lichter's <laughs> golf game. Maybe you want to talk about uh, the the pro life march that that happened in Washington D.C. Or you know, there's been several local marches that happened. I know of one in Bismarck. I know of one in Bemidji. Uh, there's one in Sioux Falls. Um, you know, there's there's lots of things centering around Pro Life Month this month. So eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Father, I, I kind of want to put you on the spot a little bit um, and ask if you've heard about the Covington Catholic School debacle. I have, yeah, I have. That's uh, really kind of sad when you when you look at the whole thing, um, how they uh, pinpointed them um, saying that they were being discriminatory. Uh, and at the same time, they didn't look at the whole picture. And it sounds like it got really muddled and confused and uh, a lot of fighting going back and forth on that now, uh, but I did I did hear about that. Uh, I I listened to a little bit on the news last night in that regard. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot of uh, uh, vitriol and a lot of um, accusations, et cetera. It goes goes back and forth there a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. You know, I, I'm I'm um, I'm still a journalist, but I, but I worked in the secular media for a couple of years, and uh, you know, one of the things that I always tried to do was check my sources, you know, and make sure you had both sides of the story. But it's amazing how you can look at the news today and it just doesn't seem like they even care to, I mean, <clears throat> the, the they'll, they'll even use statements like I heard on Teresa Tamio this morning. They'll even use statements like, if true, like... <laughs> Right. How, how right. can how can you run with something like that and and not double check and not want the truth? I agree. I I, I think that there's uh, a lot of uh, fighting going on in our country. A lot of division in our country right now, and therefore there's uh, quick to judgment, quick to to speak, um, and we got to be much more vigilant. We got to pray for the the media overall and pray for for our people, you know, to uh, be able to speak to one another. We're having a hard time speaking to one another today. And right. we have to somehow get this uh, back to some sensible discussion rather than uh, calling names, et cetera, different things. And it, so it, it's just, it gets kind of complicated um, in the sense that uh, I don't always, what happens with me is I don't always know what's true. Uh, when I watch the media in any form, I have to always kind of question and filter out, find out more sources. That's kind of the way I've been trying to do it. And so oftentimes I, I leave something and I think, wow, this is uh, not making any sense on both sides, you know. Right. And we, we get lopsided in, in our thinking. Yeah, you know, one more one more thing I just want to bring up about this is uh, I was listening to Catholic Answers Live and, uh, and Trent Horn, uh, on Monday night on my way home from work. And he was talking about how it shouldn't really be a surprise that this attack came, right? They're, they're Catholic school kids. They're white. They're wearing Make America Great Again hats. Right. And right. and the, the media and really Satan is looking for any way that he can trap us as we stand for life and we 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 stand for something good and and the point Trent was trying to make is it's so important for us as Catholics to stand united to stand together to back each other up can do, do you have any thoughts on that yeah i think uh 
you know, I can remember I went on a few of those uh, March for Life uh, in Washington, D.C. myself. I've probably been to about five of those in my priesthood. And they were very good about telling us to try to be humble and and to not be confrontational. Um, just to, you know, somebody would spit at you, for instance, or somebody would throw something at you or somebody would say some words at, you know, towards you. Uh, that you would just not respond and you'd say a prayer for them. And I think that's kind of what they were doing, basically, the the kids from Covington High School. Um, I know that they got a little riled up a little bit there, but um, it's to be understood, though, that um, it didn't s- seem like they were doing anything that was really way out of line. Right. And just you look at the whole video and, and the whole stream of that thing. Uh, so... I just think, you know, again, it's blessed are those who are persecuted is kind of what, what they kind of told us when we would go on those march for life. Blessed are those who persecute you uh, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. And uh, that's, I think that's what you have to have foremost in your heart and mind right? when you, when you go to those things. Exactly. 877-795-0122 is our call-in number. This is Straight Talk. It's our call-in segment on Real Presence Live. 877-795-0122. You can also submit your question on Facebook. And, uh, Father, we do have a couple of uh, questions on Facebook. I'll start with uh, one that... uh, refers to my parish app it says what is your favorite part of the my parish app first of all what is the my parish app for those who don't know about that uh i should have thomas escrow on here my (laughs) director of evangelization and discipleship um it's a program where where you um basically it's on the web but you end up having to be able to see um, all kinds of things that are going on in your parish by pushing that that app and it brings up the activities that are going on in your parish it also gives you some background in the parish and uh, the activities that are going on and uh, different ways of praying different ways to refer to to other things and um, it's got the, like the liturgy the hours on there it's got other kinds of prayers on there um, and so you you probably could explain it better than I could, uh, Brandon, um, with regards to my parish app. Yeah, or well, whatever. it sounds like it's a great way to uh, to keep your parish connected. I, I think uh, you know we we have the bulletins and and there's Facebook pages and stuff like that. But but really being able to to create the the parish family, having having tools like the my parish app seems pretty important in this day and age, don't you think? Very, very important. In fact, uh, that's one of the reasons why we hired uh, Thomas Escrow for the uh, evangelization and discipleship is to help us with the younger generation. Um, I'm not very tech savvy myself. I'm, I'm learning all the time and, and and trying to get better at it. But it's another avenue for us to reach out to all the people in the parish in in different uh, uh, demographic ways um, to meet to to meet the needs of our people. We have some that would not probably go on my parish app, and there are others that would just live on it. So, sure, um, we got to be able to have both and right. uh, with with that for evangelization. Right. And I'm finding out it's just awesome uh, working with it myself. I haven't a lot of time on it at this point, but we're going to be using it more and more. We really haven't even placed it out there completely. It's kind of r- we're rolling it out in the next uh, 
months. So we're looking forward to having more of that. Sounds great. Thanks for that question on Facebook. You can submit your question on Facebook as well. And you can also call 877-795-0122 with your number. 877-795-0122. You're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. Our guest this morning is Father Mark Lichter. He's with us from Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And uh, we do have another post on Facebook, Father. Now, it's not about your golf game, unfortunately. I was looking forward to a question about your golf game, but it is relating to you. And this person wants to know why you like vanilla Folgers coffee. Uh, I like <laughs> French vanilla. French vanilla. French vanilla, okay. So whoever called in or wrote that in, um, <laughs> they don't have it quite right. Uh, I like French vanilla Folgers. I, I think it just... Uh, I love that flavor, actually. I love the smell of it, and I like the, the flavor of it when I when I drink it. Um, we kind of have a little fight going on in the parish um, with our staff. They want to have the regular coffee, and I want to have French. So I always win out. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> probably because you're the pastor, maybe. That could that could be. <laughs> I probably. So if I have a day away, uh, sometimes they have the regular coffee in there, and I'm just really surprised, you know. That they're going back to the regular stuff. So, are you uh, are you a straight black coffee drinker? Do you like to mix some uh, creamer in there? No, I'm straight uh, French vanilla flavored, and so it is black, but it's got that flavor to it. There's some people that really don't like it, which is I'm kind of amazed by that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for uh, sending in that comment on. Uh, Facebook, although just to note, it is French vanilla Folgers. That's that's what uh, <laughs> Father Mark says. And you can submit your question on Facebook as well or call 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122 is the phone number. You're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. It's an opportunity for you to call in with your questions and comments on topics of the faith or things happening in the world around us. And um, basically, whatever's on your mind, uh, you, Father Mark is, is open to having a discussion about it, uh, answering your questions, 877-795-0122. Father, there is a, uh, if my computer wouldn't freeze up here on me, there is a Poverty Awareness Month that the USCCB yeah. highlights. And uh, I want to talk about that because, you know, Jesus in the Gospels, he really highlights this this idea of, of serving the poor, right? Clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, giving shelter to those without. And um, so w- what do you think having a, an awareness month like this um, does for us as as Catholics? It's very, very helpful to bring awareness to the the poor, the people that are suffering around us, the poverty that we have in in our midst, especially very um, timely right now because of the partial shutdown of the government. Uh, we've seen an uptick in people coming in uh, to receive food baskets here at Sacred Heart and other needs that people have. Um, and sometimes I don't think people are always aware um, in the pews I'm talking about of the poverty and the poor that are right in our midst. And so anytime we can bring awareness in any way, it can be very helpful to our people. And the people here at Sacred Heart in particular are very, very generous to the poor and have always responded very deeply 
uh, to help the poor. And we we have a, a little kitchen here, or not a kitchen, but a uh, a little food pantry. And then we also provide some uh, monies for different things like rent and um, gas and that kind of thing. So anyways, that we can bring some um, visibility or whatever to that, that issue. And I, I Pope Francis has emphasized that over and over again, so uh, that we always are mindful of the poor. And of course, our Lord was born poor, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a stable. So you think about even the model of, of Christ uh, in his life here on earth. Uh, so we're, we're people that have to, the litmus test really is the, corporal and spiritual works of mercy for us right? as Catholics and as Christians. Do you think we do enough? I, I mean, um, so so the church very much helps out and, you know, has second collections, obviously has this Poverty Awareness Month throughout January, but as individuals, uh, t- do we do enough to get involved in our community to help out at the homeless shelters, to help out at the the food banks, things like that? Or, or do you think we could spend some more time in reflection and prayer about about how we can help a little more. I think we always can do more. I mean, there's obviously um, a need for being more uh, creative, maybe more vocal, uh, probably a little more unified. Uh, I think even in Aberdeen itself, uh, we've talked about St. Mary's Sacred Heart, the the Catholic presence here. We've got the uh, presentation sisters we have the uh, vera hospital uh, st luke's uh, we have the um, presentation college uh, so we have a real big strong catholic presence here and it's to somehow coordinate more i think with all the other denominations to make it so that it's easier for people to find the resources that they need that's what i see i see it as more scattered it's not that people don't want to be generous i think it's more of how do we help people in the most uh, effective way. And that's kind of been on my heart. Uh, how do we communicate more with the business leaders, with the people in the in the city, with other ministers uh, to work uh, more closely together to help uh, the spe- special needs in our, in our midst? And the homeless are one of them. Uh, I don't know that we have that good of a homeless. Uh, we have several places that can take in some people, but but right. there needs to be more done for the homeless. And, of course, it's really cold out right now. And a lot of times we're putting people up in the um, um, hotels and that kind of thing, which right. can help. But you wonder about some of the people that are just stuck outside or moving from place to place. Yeah, yeah. Our guest this morning on Straight Talk is Father Mark Lichter, the pastor of Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. We're having a great time this morning talking about uh, Poverty Awareness Month. We got to learn about his favorite coffee. We got to learn about the My Parish app, um, His what was on his heart with, uh, with Roe v. Wade and, and abortions. And we want to know what's on your heart. We want to know if there's a question you have that you've been wondering about. Well, now that now is the time to call in. Father Mark Lichter is ready to take your calls at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also submit your question on Facebook, as Mary did. And um, Mary would like to know, Father, what is your favorite thing about being a priest? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good one. Um, I've always been kind of surprised, actually, as a, a priest, what would be, um, I always think of it more of as a gift, in a sense. 
Um, I'm always touched very much by those that come to confession, uh, you know, asking for forgiveness and, and the beauty of that sacrament. Um, I don't know that I would have known that before I became a priest, but people coming in that heartfelt sorrow and how, what a great uh, gift that confession is for people. The other one is um, that brings a lot to my heart, and this might seem kind of strange, but I always kind of maybe worried a little bit about taking care of those that have died or lost loved ones. Mm. And I think that's been the most, um, I guess, surprising, but also grace-filled thing for me is to be able to bury the dead and to be with people that um, are suffering or hurting um, as they go through the loss of a loved one. And I, I've been some kind of a... I know it's the instrument, being an instrument of God in those situations. A lot of times I feel like I'm on my back, not able to do anything, but just being present to the people has been a real gift and maybe bringing a little humor to it, that kind of thing, uh, has been uh, a real blessing um, yeah. to help people walk through that grief and that sorrow. Well, and, we thank you for your priesthood, Father, obviously, uh, and to any priests who are listening, thank you for your priesthood. I mean, <laughs> we, we need you guys. Uh, the, the laity, we, we need you, especially with, you know, you were mentioning confession, with, with care for the dead. I, it's, those, are, those are very, very important things, uh, and especially in our last hours. I mean, we, we need all the, all the help we can get sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that really strikes me all the time is the uh, ongoing mercy of God and how God prepares us for death and there's always so many beautiful things that happen around the preparation for death or the experience of dying uh, just the the mercy that God has and how God does it in a way that would lead us closer to God you know we we, we have to turn to God obviously but um, you know just the graces that God places before us so many wonderful things have happened in the midst of that other healings and things that that happen as people um, go through that suffering and, and death process. Right, right. Mary, thanks so much for that question on Facebook. You can submit your question on Facebook as well, or call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. And uh, in case you need it a third time, 877-795-0122. We've got about, oh, five, six minutes left, so there's still time for your question. This is Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. It's our call-in segment where you get a chance to ask questions, this time to Father Mark Lichter, who's pastor at Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Now, Father, I just want to unpack the uh, the deathbed a little more. You know, you mentioned that that was one of the one of your favorite parts of being priests is being able to help people on their deathbed. And we see this thing of assisted suicide, right? And it, oh, yeah. it really just destroys the opportunity to have a good holy death, doesn't it? It really does. It's, it's so contrary to um, what we're called to be. And, you know, that whole thing of, you know, our Lord suffered and died on the cross and went through suffering himself as as human fully human fully divine uh and so we we have to somehow unite it to the cross of christ and get beyond that whole thing of that suffering is meaningless a uh, suffering has a meaning to it that leads us to christ that leads us to a deeper unity um with the father son and holy spirit and so it's one of those things that 
a lot of times we hear offer it up you know that kind of thing and it's it's so true but it becomes cliche uh, so it's uh, one of those things that we have to keep uh, praying asking God to help us that we that we somehow embrace the suffering and united to Christ and a lot of times I'll be with somebody on their deathbed and I say who do you want to pray for and they'll say my son or my daughter or mm-hmm. my wife or um, I, I know one story where there was one that said they wanted more priests you know and so they they would ask them to unite their suffering and pray for that person or pray for that priest or pray for vocations or whatever it might be and there's just some beautiful things that have happened right. when that ha- when they unite their suffering uh, to Christ right Absolutely. Well, Father, we do have a caller on the phone, I believe. Uh, I'll do give out that number one more time, 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Our caller this morning is Amy. Amy, are you with us? I am. Amy, uh, what would you like to talk about this morning with Father Lichter? Well, the Covington situation has been on my heart so heavily because I have a number of family members that consider themselves very progressive. They're not Catholic themselves. And um, they've really typified some of the harshest responses that we've seen in social media. And um, for one thing, it's kind of dividing our family, um, which is which is really sad. But then it also, watching this situation, it really is typifying some of the anti-Catholic biases that we're running into in a lot of social and political sectors nowadays. Uh, there have been several bloggers that have tied this into, um, like Karen Pence's uh, new position at a Christian school that is a policy of no um, gay, lesbian, transgender students, faculty, or parents. And then also they're noting the relationship between the um, uh, the way that uh, judicial nominees, both for the Supreme Court and federal um, positions, um, have been really quizzed and, and condemned for their Catholic position and asked about whether their Catholic faith is going to bias them in the position as a judge. Right. We only have and a couple so of minutes I, left yeah. here, Amy. I just want to give Father a chance to respond. Yeah, Amy, that that's so good that you... You bring that up. Um, we have to keep praying to the Lord to help us with all this. But I would—I always say this: we're the last. We are, we're always persecuted, and, and as Catholics, Catholics are the last ones that anybody ever um, says anything about with regards to prejudice and bias. And you know, they just let it go on. It goes on TV. It goes on every place. If we did that with some other issues, you'd get fired. You know, and that just doesn't happen with the Catholic Church. So we're kind of, a, in some ways, that's a, a, a good thing that we're able to be a, a litmus test for people or a, a held to a higher standard, in a sense. Um, but we have to keep bringing it out, the truth, about what, what it is we believe and what it is that we uh, do as Catholics. It kind of oversimplifies that a little bit, but right. but you have to keep tussling with it and, and being and be right. front forward and telling people what the Catholic Church does teach. Right, Amy. Yeah, I didn't think that it's been teaching me a lot of prudence. Yeah, yeah, Amy. Thanks so much for that call. I apologize. We we have to run because we're almost out of time. And uh, Father, just want to thank you for your time this morning. We uh, I know we've kind of switched things up a little bit with Heather under the weather. So thanks so much for being on with us and uh, for uh, for spending uh, some time answering questions. Yeah, 
It was great to be with you. I just want to shout out to Mary Devlin in Sioux Falls. Sounds great. For her question. Anyway, God bless you. You too, Father. Thanks so much. We're heading into a break here at the top of the hour. But when we return, we'll talk about an event that brings Lions, Eagles, Deacons, Titans, and Saints. Holy cow. All under the same roof, battling for the same thing. We'll tell you about it next after the break.